This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise the Lord. We've got some happy people in here tonight. Ah, you should have been there in prayer this afternoon. It was wonderful. 6.15, every Wednesday night we have prayer in the altar care room. You are invited. Praise the Lord. And so is everyone else. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Jesus, you know what? When you honor Jesus, he shows up. Did you know that? And it's like now when we, we just invited him in here, and you know what? He's, uh, he takes that very seriously. And I'm glad to see all of your faces here, because I was also reminded about this when I was sitting here, is that, you know, the, the uh, unction on the preacher is greatly affected by the people present. You know, as, as a minister, you, you, you can sense it when you, when you move around in a service where there's a pull to hear from heaven. You know, because it is possible, you know, to come to church and really not expect a whole lot. You know, and it's, it's, it's very possible to go and not get a whole lot. <laughs> but it is also possible to come to church and have a, an encounter with heaven. You know, that's available at, at any time because God is, is everywhere. He's the only one who's omnipresent. He's everywhere at, at all times. And so he can manifest his presence anywhere. The only thing that he requires is that somebody believes him and acts on the word. And so when we come together, you know, we can, we can expect to really <clears throat> have an encounter. We, we, we can expect... To, to, to grow and to go further every time we get together. There's also a, a corporate anointing that is greater than your individual anointing. What I mean by that? Well, there's some things that you can accomplish on your own, but there's also some things that you can only accomplish as a group of believers. You know, Paul talks about, you know, he, you know we're supposed to become a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Well, how does that happen? It happens when a group of believers come together in unity. And that's when you see like what happened in Acts chapter 4. They came together in one accord, you know, and God shows up. Yeah. To the point that the house that they were in shook. You know, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, I've seen people shake under the power of God, but I've never seen a whole building shake. But I think also that's probably one of the things that the devil is fighting the most is unity. Unity amongst the believers because he knows, because, you know, the devil, he doesn't know everything, but he knows some things because he's been around for a while, right? And so he has seen, he's seen these manifestations of the power of God, and he don't like it. So what does he try to do? He tries to come in and he, he tries to create division so there will be no unity, so that God will be, be hindered in what he can do. And that's why it's so important for us to, to focus on loving one another, to focusing on not getting in strife, to focus on maybe even think of others more highly than yourself that the Bible talks about. And so anyhow, that wasn't anything that I had in my notes, but it is, it's, it's, it's important to know about these things because we want to see God move, don't we? We want to see him transform people's lives. I was just reading after uh, 
<clears throat> Kenneth E. Hagen. Uh, and he was, he was, he has a book called Understanding the Anointing. And in there he talked about some of the churches that he pastored. He pastored for 12 years. And he talked about some of these churches. It's just one of those churches, he said, that he got to a place of, of, of unity. Like he said, like I thought it was supposed to be according to the scriptures. And he said, but he said, and so he said it was different in those days because this, this was right after the Great Depression. People didn't have a whole lot of money. He said, you know, you could go to the, to the, to the movies for like, what, 10 cents, but nobody had 10 cents. And so, so, so the, the Sunday afternoon or evening services were, were more like outreaches because people would just come, unsaved people would just come to church. And they would have, you know, they had no air conditioning, so the, all the windows and stuff was open to get some air from. People were just outside, and they were just peeking in the windows. And, you know, I guess anything to have a show, right? And so, but he said, in the Sunday mornings, he said, we had believers meetings. So he said, a lot of times, he said, I wouldn't even preach. He said, I would just sit down. He said in front, and he said, we're just going to let the Spirit of God move. He said, if anybody has, has, has a song, has, has uh, uh, an utterance in tongues, you know, whatever, he says, just give it. He says, if it gets out of control, he says, we can, we can lovingly guide you and get it back in, in order. And he said, and sometimes in those services, he said, the power of God, the presence of God would come in. He said, they would just sit completely silent for like 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And that was not just the old ones, it was the kids too, the little ones. You know that has to be God. When your three-year-olds and your four-year-olds are just quiet. And he said there was a holy awe. And he said, you remember, there was one, one, one gal in there, she, she, her husband used to take her to church. She was unsaved. And so he would just take her to church, and then he would just go off and do something else and come back when it was supposed to be done. And so he, he came back, and, and he didn't hear, hear anything. It was just quiet. And he saw all the cars in the park, and they thought, well, did the rapture take place? Isn't it funny? They don't want to be in church, but they believe in the rapture. So anyhow, so he was just like, did the rapture take place? And so he just, he just peeked in. It's just like people were just sitting there, quiet. And so he, he, he got in the door, and he sat on the back row. And, and Brother Hagin said he, he, he sat there for maybe, maybe 10 minutes, and he just started shaking. He just started shaking, and then he ran to the altar, and he gave his life to the Lord. Isn't that something? Just the, the manifest presence of God. And he said, he said, we didn't even go there and pray with him. He said, the Lord started it, he could finish it. <laughs> and so there is, there is some experiences in God that is available to the believer. A lot of times some of these things are lost because people don't know about them. There's a lot of things that God wants to do. He desires, did you, did you know that he desires to manifest himself in your life a whole lot more than you want him to? He wants to show up at your house. He wants to show up here at the church and just completely revolutionize your life. He wants to manifest himself and show his goodness and his mercy. You remember Moses, you know, he asked the Lord, he said, he said show me your glory. Remember that? And then, you know, the Lord, he passed in front of him. And he, what, he, what did he do? He revealed to him his goodness. Isn't that amazing? You know, a lot of times we don't think about the glory of God as the goodness of God. But when he comes, he's the good shepherd. <laughs> he loves his people. And he wants to reveal to you how good he is. Because when you see how good he is, then you will open up and he's going to be able to invade your life. Because some people think that God is sitting up there with a fly swatter just trying to get him. 
You know, just find a, 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 an opportune time to just go splat. But that's not who he is. He's a good God. And he really wants to invade your life. And there's a reason why I do what I do at the beginning of service. I say, Lord, we invite you in here. I remember one, one service, and I was just thinking about that the other day. One service at, at, at uh, Parent Healing Center at Ramah <clears throat> was one of the afternoon services where you had kind of more of a... Morning services were strictly teaching. Then in the afternoon, you were allowed to more loose reins, you know, to just go with the flow of the Holy Ghost. And, and I would just... And I had one service that I would just... I would just basically, the whole sermon was where two or three are gathered in His name, He's there. <laughs> you know, He's still... He's walking about, doing good, and setting people free. Did you know that? And so I was, I was ministering, and I was just hammering this point. And so, you know, the ushers would, would, would be there and help me when I laid hands on people. And, and, and <laughs> the usher came up on this side, and he, and he just, he, I could see him crawl away on the floor. And I knew he wasn't close to me, but he said, I bumped into something. And then he started crawling away. Well, I believe that was either the Lord or an angel that I didn't see. But the thing is that when you invite him in, he comes. He comes. He's real. Did you know that Jesus is real? He's alive and well right now. We don't see him. There's been people that have been granted, you know, to see him. I haven't, but I've sensed his presence. I've sensed his presence. And there's nothing like it. And this is not my sermon, by the way, so the Lord might want you to get this. Why? Because this will change your life. It kind of goes along with what I was, was going to talk about. Where do you go when you go with the flow? Keep on going with the flow. How about that? And so, <laughs> he's such a good God. And I think what he wants to uh, get across to us is that he really wants to be good to you. He really wants to give you all the desires of your heart. He wants to. He just needs us to believe that he wants to. And why do I say it like that? Well, I'm going to jump a little bit <clears throat> different route than, than what I had notes. My notes are really good, by the way. Anyhow. But might be for another time. I don't know. But Paul, you know, the book of Ephesians, he talks about our place in Christ. He talks about the fact that we, we rose together with Christ. We were seated, you know, in him at the right hand of the Father, which is a place of authority. And he goes on and he he, he, he talks about he was, he was appointed a preacher of the gospel that people might see. Because without seeing, without understanding, seeing with your heart, you will have no faith. Because, you know, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And then he goes down to, to, to chapter 3, verse 14. This is the second prayer that he prays for the believers at Ephesus. 
And in verse 14, he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, He's talking to believers, and you know, we say, you know, you need to, you know, we're talking about believers, you've received Jesus into your heart, right? Well, actually, Jesus is in heaven, it's the Holy Ghost that comes. But anyhow, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Well, Christ is the Word made flesh. He's the Word manifest, right? It's talking about Him completely filling your heart. The... so that he can fill your thinking. So you can now start to see yourself like he sees you. Because you're in him. You look a whole lot different in him than you do outside of him. And he wants, you to, he wants to be part, he wants to fill your windshield. He wants to be all in all. And let's go on here because he says something else. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Well, you know, John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, he talks a lot about love. He says, and he says, God is love. So he wants to reveal how much he loves you. He wants to dwell in your thinking how much God loves you. He wants that to be right here. Just as it was for, you know, John's gospel. Remember, he, he refers to himself as the, disciples whom, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Right? None of the others refer to themselves that way. I'm sure that Jesus loved all of them. But John had a revelation that Jesus loved him. You need a revelation of the fact that Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Because he does. And so let's, let's, let's keep on reading here. Verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The love of Christ will will be way beyond your mental reasoning. It is hard to believe that somebody would want to die for you. That somebody, not just, wasn't just anybody, he was the son of God. He stripped himself of his place in heaven. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2 and verse Five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He was equal with God. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form, form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So he humbled himself. It is, it is pretty amazing to think of the fact that he would do such a thing. That he would take upon himself flesh. He would come as his creation. You know that God formed man out of the dust of the earth and he breathed life into his nostrils. Made him a, a speaking spirit with a human body. 
It is pretty amazing that he would humble himself to go into his creation, to redeem them from what sin did. That you may know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. It passes mental reasoning. We need, actually, we need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the love of Christ. And the thing is that when you start to see and understand how much he loves you, your life will change completely. Just this one scripture here in Ephesians chapter 3 tells you that, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So without you having a revelation of the love of God, you will not be able to be filled with all the fullness of God. Right? You could say it that way. But when you understand and you start to yield to him because he loves you so much. You know, a lot of us were, you know, when we had our salvation experience, we were flooded with the love of Jesus. And for, for some reason or another, we seem to have walked away from that revelation of how much he loves us. And maybe we've gotten into a place where we think we're, we're going to have to try to, to, to do good and, and deserve his love. Well, there's nothing you can do to deserve his love. <laughs> his love has been given. He chose to love you. Your love is a choice. You know that? Love is not a feeling. If it is, it goes like this. It's fleeting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, baby, I love you today. <laughs> and then they do something you don't like. It's like, I don't love you as much today. That's not love. That's your feelings, having some issues. No, God, you know, Jesus said, you know, I, you didn't choose me. I chose you. He chose to love you, and he doesn't change his mind. Ever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I just talked to a friend of mine. He'd been to a, to a uh, conference. <clears throat> Had this Norwegian guy there. Believe that. And, uh, and he was ministering on the, on the love of God. And, uh, and he said, you know, he was talking just about how how God, you know, uses him in the Middle East a lot. You know, he's talking to, to he's ministering to like crowds of ten thousands of people in Muslim countries, like in Pakistan, places like that. And he's talking about how, how he's moved by the love of God, and the love of God reaches these people. It's pretty amazing. You know, the Bible tells us love never fails. Guess what? It never fails. <laughs> and so he was talking about this guy, and at the end of service, you know, he's, he had this, he, he called, you know, if you want to come forward and have a baptism of love, and he was just like, what are you talking about, baptism of love, you know, we're in a love boat now, you know, what's going on here, you know, and so, <laughs> but he, he saw that the pastor and his wife went forward, you know, and, and to, to get laid hands on, he thought, you know what, There's, there are different streams in the body of Christ, did you know that? Different gifts and different callings. And just because they're not just like you doesn't mean that God's not using them. So you have to be very careful at putting somebody in a box just because it doesn't fit your 
religious personality. So anyhow, <laughs> so he went forward, and, uh, and he said this, he, this guy, he laid hands on him, and he said he felt the presence of God, but n like nothing spectacular. And so he... Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he goes home and he's, he's getting ready for service to have pre-service prayer and, and he says the presence of God was just so strong and uh, and he said I'd never done this in like I've had this church for seven years I've never laid hands on like everybody in my church but he said I felt impressed to do it it's the first time I've Felt impressed to do it that way. You know, he's laid hands on people for sickness, for different things, you know, but not everybody. And he started doing it. And he said that, he said, I did. I just listened to what the Holy Ghost said I did. And he said, it was almost like I went on a walk with the Lord. And, and I watched the service because I got kind of, you know, interested when he talked about it. It's like, I want to see this. And the guys, that's not him. He's not a, a weepy kind of guy. And, uh, but God touched him. And he touched the people. And he started ministering to the people. And he would just have, have, have words for them and, and things that, you know, it just flowed. It was almost like Jesus was just using his body. Well, you know, you can say, well, that's just for, for like a pastor, a minister. No, it's not. Walking with Jesus is for every believer. And a lot of times we don't really, t I don't think any of us have really taken advantage of what is available because of what Jesus did. You know, it's talking about this unity that we have with him. You know, in John chapter 17, for instance, when Jesus is praying for his disciples and is praying for every believer before he goes to the cross, he's talking about you and me and I and them, talking to the Father. So which means a perfect unity between God the Father, God the Son, and the believer. And so there is a walk with the Lord that is available that, that I believe that God wants us to step into. Why is that? Well, because God is not going to be able to do what he wants to do through the church unless we start to walk closer with Jesus. And we need to understand that it's, it's available before we can step into it, right? Because we access everything that God has given by faith. So unless you know about it, you can't. And one of, the, one of the greatest things is that you get a revelation of the love of God. How much God loves you. And how much he wants to walk with you. You might feel like, well, I'm not qualified. I'm like, I'm like a nobody. Well, that is perfect. Because he doesn't want to use people that, that, that think they are somebody. He actually wants to use people that think they're nobody so he can get all the glory. So if you think that you're a nobody, you're a perfect candidate to walk with the Lord. You know, a couple of weeks ago I was preaching and I was talking about this. Tommy Hicks, he had a revelation or he had a vision from heaven about, you know, the end time church. And, and he, was, he saw this sleeping giant that kind of stretched over the whole world. And he could see every time the giant kind of moved, you know, all these creatures would just like flee. <clears throat> At the end, he saw him rise up and all this debris fall off of him, and he could see God starting to move in the earth in a spectacular way. Well, the thing is that God cannot do what he wants to do unless he does it. Well, he needs to do it through a body that knows who they are. And it's, 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 
It's not just enough to know on paper who you are in Christ. Because a lot of us can, can quote scripture that talks about we're seated in Christ in the heavenly places. You know, we have this authority. We've been joined to the head of the church, but, but there needs to be a revelation of that. That you really understand what that means. And I believe the door is you understanding the love of Jesus. So that you will draw near to him. He said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. There's some spectacular things that God wants to do. And I find myself going back to, to talking about these things. Why? Because without, without us talking about it, we will not tr- seek to attain it either. If you don't know it's available, you will never try to get there. Right? Right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's just pick a place in the sermon and see what we end up with. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. Well, one of the things that I've done personally is, well, there's a couple of things. I made up my mind at the beginning of the year that this year is going to be different. I spent some extra time with the Lord because this year is going to be different. And what comes out of my mouth is that I'm going to have testimony after testimony after testimony of the faithfulness of God personally. Not just it's great and we rejoice with those that rejoice, but there's something about when God shows up at your house, man, it boosts your faith. So that's, 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 that's a couple of things I've done. And then, then I've kept on asking the Lord, Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened. That I may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power working toward me who believe. And the cool thing about it. Is that when you make up your mind. You want to know. You ask the Lord. There's no way he's not going to grant it to you. No way. He would never have impressed it on Paul to pray for the Ephesians that way unless God wanted them to see. If he wanted to keep it from them, he would not have inspired Paul to ask for it. Right? And so I've started to ask for it, and I'm seeing there's a, there's a shift in the way that I see the things of God. The first thing I'm, I'm noticing is that I have a greater honor for his things. I have a greater respect for his things, for his word, for what he has done in my life this far. I have started going back to the things that he told me in the past, reminding myself of the times that he showed up. God does not show up without having purpose. Did you know that? When he showed up in your life and you sensed his presence, that was for something. And it's for you to lay hold of why he showed up at your house. You need to hunger for these things and you need to honor these things. And if you do, then God is going to be able to open up 
the door of revelation. Because he does not cast his pearls for swine. What do I mean by that? Well, he doesn't give that which is holy to the dogs. He doesn't give that which is holy to somebody who will not appreciate it. So I'm seeing he's helping me because I've asked him. You need to ask him. And he will, he will start to open the eyes of your understanding so, you can, so you, can, you can access this greatness, hallelujah, that he has done for you and for other people. But it has to start at your house. It has to start in your life. Because you cannot give away something that you don't have a revelation of. You won't be very convincing Unless you've experienced God. That's why it is so powerful when you share your testimony because God showed up at your house. And when you share that, you share it from your heart. You know what? I don't know everything, but Jesus came to my house and he changed my life. He took out the stony heart. He took out the weight of sin. He made me a brand new person. He set me free from this, that, and the other. He can do that for you. But there's so much more. There is so much more. And the thing is, you know, if you, you, you can see some people are more excited about their salvation than other people. Well, some people might have accessed more revelation than other people have. But it's available. For every believer, it's available. So that you can actually get to a place that I am so excited about today. I'm so excited about this day and what God is going to do. It doesn't have to be dragging your feet every Monday and going to work and, and just making it through the week. It doesn't have to be that way. It should be us walking with Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's available. He's good. Oh, he is so wonderful. And he will break off of you things that have hindered you in the past. We just need to ask him. I was just praying here before service and... and uh, <laughs> You know, when you ask the Lord to come into a service, he shows up. And even just his presence will drive out sickness and disease. Just his presence will drive out fear. Just his presence alone can change the trajectory of your life from this day forward. Just the fact that you invited Jesus to come. You know what that's called? It's called faith. Faith is nothing more than acting on the Word of God. This whole faith stuff is so much easier when you don't try to do it on your own. It's so much easier when you're walking with Jesus. I remember my, my teacher at 30 Emissions, he said every morning in his prayer time, 
He holds his hand out. He goes for a walk. And he says, I'm just imagining me and Jesus walking hand in hand. That's not a bad idea. Just to help our flighty mind to focus a little bit. You know? He wants to walk with you. He wouldn't have laid down his life unless he wanted to. Not just, he saved you. You know, God made a family. You know, he wasn't too happy when his family got messed up. He wanted his family back. You like to spend time with your family? For those of you that have kids, you like to spend time with your kids? He likes to spend time with his kids. And like you, you know, like to train your kids, show them how to do stuff. He likes to train his kids and show them how to do stuff. He wants to show you how to do life well. He wants to show you how to walk in his, in his peace. I was just looking at that in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. He says that the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by stripes were healed, right? That word shalom in the Hebrew, you know, you can say it like this. It's, it's the peace that comes from being whole. Whole. That's not, just, that's not just your physical healing. That is your whole. You're complete. You lack nothing. He took the chastisement for that. He carried it so you didn't have to live in confusion and in fear and in torment. He took it upon him so you could live. In shalom. The peace of God. Ooh, hallelujah. Jesus said that in John 14, 27. Didn't he say, he said, my peace I give unto you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let him be afraid. He gave us his peace. It's a wonderful thing. We can learn to live in that peace. I've said this before. I remember just waking up in the nighttime, just laughing. You know, you wake up from a dead sleep to just laughing out of your spirit. That's enjoyable. Very enjoyable. It's just like, that is great. <laughs> so instead of tossing and turning and wondering about what I'm going to do about this or that, no, he wants you to be at peace. Because he has the answer. To all those things that are bothering you and bombarding your mind about how am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to be able to do that? How am I going to be able to, 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 to train my kids well? All that stuff that can torment a person. Well, he wants to reveal all those things to us and make it easy. And many times it is just because we don't focus on it. We don't focus on him, so we don't tune in. You know, it kind of has to get our attention, you know. We have the capacity to, to, to walk with him every day. And he wants to give you those answers. He wants you to walk in shalom. I think that just sounds better than peace. But 
Shalom. It's the extent of my Hebrew. Praise the Lord. <laughs> He's a good God. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful you serve a good one? <laughs> that the God of all the earth is a good God? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All these amazing notes. Well, you know, now I have a sermon for next time. That's a great thing. But, you know, I asked the Lord for help before the service because I realized that, you know, without his help, I really can't do anything. And so I'm in front of all you people here, and, and, and he knows what you need. And there's no need for me to just fill a spot and then take an hour of your time, right? That would be a waste of my time and yours. But if we can hear from heaven, whoo, Jesus, then <laughs> we leave here with some substance in our hearts that we can walk in. Hallelujah. You know, there's, there's no real teacher besides the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's our guide. He's the one who helps us. He's the one that, that you know, Jesus himself said. He said, uh, it is to your advantage that I go away. Because if I do not go away, you know, the comforter will not come. But he came. He came. Hallelujah. And he's here to help us. Let's just go to John chapter 14 just to kind of cement some of the stuff that we've said here. And that the Holy Ghost is indeed in you to help you to walk out your life in a good way. John chapter 14 verse 16. And I pray the Father, and he will give you another helper or comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The comforter is in you. The teacher is in you. First John 2.20 says, he says that you have an anointing, from the Holy One, and you know all things. And a little bit further down, I think it's in verse 27 or something, it says that this anointing teaches you. Holy Ghost is pretty wonderful. John 16 and verse 13. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, and He has come, He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, or he will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he will tell you things to come. Hallelujah. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. You see, when you ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, 
It's the Holy Spirit that is going to start to teach you along those lines. He, will, he says he will take of mine and declare it to you. What is that? That's covenant language. He says what is mine is yours, and the one who's going to tell you about it is the Holy Spirit. And when you start to seek these things, when you start to ask for these things, and you're honoring the things of God, then he's going to be able to show you what these things are. What is your inheritance because of what Jesus did? What is this exceeding great power, hallelujah, that is working toward you who believe? According to the same, same power that he worked in Christ, he worked some stuff in Christ, and he's also, that same power is working in you. Philippians 2.13 says that he is working in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. You should acknowledge that. He's always working in me to do his perfect will. He's always working in me to do according to his good pleasure. Hallelujah. And he's good at what he does. He's good at what he does. He doesn't fail. And neither will you if you just lean on the Holy Ghost and trust him to lead and guide you into all truth and even show you things to come. The thing is, and I heard Brother Hagen talk about this. He said whenever he traveled in the beginning, he would stay in people's homes. And he said he would never stay in somebody's home and, and something happen that would be like a, a major thing in their family without God telling him about it. He said within like a two-year span, he would know what would lie ahead. Why? That is the Holy Spirit telling you things to come. And that was because people invited him into his home. Well, they honored the man of God, then they got something from God. That's available to every believer. Did you know that according to what the word says, he'll show you things to come. So that things won't catch you by surprise. You'll actually be ready for it. And a lot of times you can change it before it even gets to that point. Why? Because now you can pray. When you know about it, you can do something about it. If you don't know about it, it's going to hit you. It's like, oh, where'd that come from? But it doesn't have to be that way. It can be so that we are ahead of it. Why should it be that the devil will be ahead of the believer? When he's under your feet. But it's because we have an access, some of this grace that is available through what Jesus did for us. But we can. Praise the Lord. See, life is more exciting this way. You're actually ahead of the game. <laughs> And you can say, no, devil, maybe you had this plan, but it's not going to happen, not on my watch. Because the Holy Ghost just revealed to me this, this, and that, and the other. And I say, no, I rebuke you, and you have to cease in your operations right now. No more of that. It'll help you and your family members a great deal. Just some of the things that the Holy Ghost is going to be able to show you when you ask for him to teach you these things. You need to be hungry for it, and you need to actually give yourself entirely to them. That's what Paul told Timothy. He said, give yourself entirely to these things that your profiting may appear to all. What does that mean? When you give yourself completely to the call and, and the walk that, that you're supposed to have with the Lord, when you give yourself completely to him, then your, your progress will be evident to all. It's going to be evident that you're walking with Jesus. 
Actually, I might have one scripture in my notes that I could use. It's great. <laughs> if I can find it, hallelujah. And I might not have used it in this, this version. Yes, I did. You know, in the Old Testament, they all happened for our admonition upon whom the end of the ages has come. It was so that we could see examples of what to do and what not to do, right? And in Deuteronomy 26, I'm going to read from verse 16. It says, This day the Lord your God commands you to observe these statutes and judgments. Therefore you shall be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. Today you have proclaimed the Lord to be your God. And that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments, and his judgments. And that you'll obey his voice. Also today the Lord has proclaimed you to be his special people. Just as he promised you that you should keep all his commandments. And that he will set you high above all nations which he has made. In praise, in name, and in honor. And that you may be a holy people to the Lord your God just as he has spoken. That's God's will for you. And when you follow his, his leading, when you start walking in revelation light that the Holy Ghost gives you, then he will bring you up. He will bring you up to a point where it's evident to people around you that this person is different. Something's different with this family. It's because God will always elevate you. He will always bless you. That's his intent. We're his family. He loves us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's talking about your wants. Not even your needs. He's a good God. And, 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 and he just needs us to just pay attention a little bit. Put his things first. Pursue him. Ask him to help you. And he will. And you'll start to get light and revelation. And you'll have wisdom and understanding. Beyond anything you could have asked for or imagined, that's how he works. And then he will bring you up. And so you can bring not just you, but now your family. Those that come after you, the generations after you will be blessed because grandpa believed God. Woo. Now that ought to get you excited. You can change the trajectory, not just for your life, but for the generations to come. That's God's will. That's God's purpose. He's a good God. Hallelujah. Glory. Well, that one scripture really fit. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just uh, close our eyes for a minute. And, uh, and uh, look to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We're so grateful, Father, that you're a good God. Hallelujah. You always, hallelujah. Ha, you always watch over your word to perform it. Hallelujah. It is impossible, Father, to act on your word. Hallelujah. <laughs> it is impossible to act on your word. Hallelujah. And it not come to pass. It's impossible to seek you. And not find you. 
and we seek you with a whole heart. It is impossible to honor you and put you first without you showing up at our house. Thank you for being such a good God. Thank you, Father, for, for revealing your word unto us so we can walk in it. Thank you, Father, for revealing how good you are to us, Father. Hallelujah. You're a good God. Hallelujah. You're a good God. And if you're in here or you're watching online and, and you're thinking that, man, I've made so many mistakes. I've messed up so many times. How can you love me? Oh, welcome to the club. I thought that one time. Because I walked with the Lord. I even went to Bible school. And I walked away for 16 years. And the devil was haunting me. He said, you knew better and you walked away. But I got to a place where I said, Lord, if you want me, I'll live for you. <laughs> and guess who was right there? He'd just been waiting for me to turn. And he's no respecter of persons. If you just look to him, he'll look right back at you. And one of the greatest things that we can do as human beings is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and say, Father, I'm sorry. Help me. Help me to live for you. And he will. He's always been out to help you, to love on you. Hallelujah. To show you how much he loves you. So if you're under the sound of my voice, I would just encourage you, just open your heart to him. And as you do, Father, I ask that you will just completely fill them with your comfort, with your care. Hallelujah. That you will reveal, Father, your love to them. Hallelujah. That they may be filled with all the fullness of God. That they will know without a shadow of a doubt that this is a new day. Hallelujah. This is a new day. This is a new day. I said, this is a new day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To walk in freedom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think the Lord wants to just <clears throat> break some stuff off of <sighs> some people for good today. Remove it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise. We lean on you, Father. We look to you. We lean on you, hallelujah, in the days ahead. We lean on your help. We lean on your grace and on your mercy. And we take one step after the other. Hallelujah. One step, then another step. Hallelujah. And we ask, Father, for you to lead and guide us according to your word. Into all truth. For you to lead and guide us, Father God. Hallelujah. into greater and greater freedom, into greater and greater freedom, greater and greater freedom, hallelujah, greater and greater freedom, that means different things for different people, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom, hallelujah, from anything that would try to keep you bound. So whether that is fear, sickness, inferiority, thinking, hallelujah. Brokenness, whatever it is, he can mend, he can put it back together, he can fix you up, hallelujah. So that it won't be nothing but a distant memory.
because he's a good God. We give you praise, Father, for that. We give you glory tonight. You are a good, good God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving your life so we could live, for, for wanting to go through it all so that we could be free. The word says, for the joy that was set before you, you endured the cross, lightly esteeming the shame because you saw us free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we lay hold tonight of freedom. We lay hold tonight of a healing. We lay hold tonight of joy and peace and all that you paid for, Lord Jesus, because it's ours. And we lay hold of it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He's helping us. Leading and guiding us into all truth. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to end there and then we're going to switch gears real quick